everybody, this is Craig Beck, aka the Stop Drinking Expert, coming to you from London, England today. And I want to talk about something really important today because the world has gone mad. And I'm going to demonstrate it to you today. Uh, just a reminder, if you've just stumbled across this podcast, then do something about your drinking. Stop just worrying about it and hoping it will go away. Because what I've learned is the problems with alcohol never, never just get better on their own. On their own, It's like quicksand. You need someone to help you out because the more you struggle, the more you worry, the deeper you go. So take action. Go to the website, stopdrinkingexpert.com and sign up for today's free quit drinking webinar. I will even give you a copy of my best-selling book, Alcohol Lied to Me, as a gift just for turning up. Now, if you are a regular viewer or listener of the podcast, you will have heard me many times talk about the bubble of unreality that we live in as problem drinkers. The whole of the Western world lives in a distortion, lives inside the matrix, where we have all collectively agreed that a drug that kills 3 million people every year isn't really a drug. It's just a bit of harmless social fun. It's a bit of social lubricant to make a party go with a swing. We've all agreed that. And the whole of the Western world that says, yeah, that sounds fine. Let's do that. And we don't do that with any other drug. Not even nicotine. Nicotine has now moved into reality. You know, there was a time when we used to talk about cigarette smoking in the same way. Oh, you know, it's just a way to relax. Don't make such a fuss. Everyone smokes. It's just a way to be social, blah, blah, blah. All that bullshit was once applied to cigarette smoking. Thankfully, now nicotine is looked upon and cigarette smoking is just looked upon as cancer. That's that's You look at cigarette smoking, you say cancer. The two and two go together. And therefore, we put it in the same camp as heroin, cocaine, meth. We treat those drugs with respect because we're scared of them. We don't describe them as a harmless bit of fun. However, with alcohol, we're about 20, 30 years behind the rest, and we still believe that alcohol is just harmless social fun. And we're going to demonstrate that today with a great email that I got from Z, who's also in London. Thank you for the email, Z. This is great. Uh, hi, Craig. I've been listening to your podcast for three years now, and I truly believe that doing so has helped keep me sober. I decided to quit on Boxing Day 2020 after a year of almost daily drinking. Then in February 2023, I discovered I was expecting my third child. Refraining from alcohol was easy during the pregnancy and breastfeeding, but I kept up with your videos in preparation for after this stage and to fend off people constantly assuming that I couldn't wait to have a glass of wine. Uh, I know what you mean, Z. When my wife gave birth uh, to our first son, uh, Jordan, uh, someone actually brought her a bottle of port into the hospital. So, so like, you must quickly get on this because you've been off it for nine months. I mean, nuts. Um, I love your analogies to explain the absurdity of drinking poison, and your straight-talking manner is brilliantly delivered. Thank you, Z. I look forward to your weekly podcast. I was compelled to share something I'd seen on Instagram, which horrified me. It was a bar for mums and their kids. It was beautifully decorated, and the emphasis was having fun with your friends. It seemed to be solving the issue of wanting to go out drinking with friends without having to arrange childcare, as the kids can join in and be looked after in the same venue. The kids are doing activities while the parents are effectively getting drunk with their friends next door. 
What unnerved me were the videos of children drinking shots and Prosecco. I assume it was just juice with their mums. One person in the comment was annihilated for saying that it seemed irresponsible. And all the other comments tagged their friends and thought it was an amazing idea. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. When I was drinking regularly, I tried to keep it away from my kids. But maybe that was just me. And this is the new thing. Hope to hear from you. Z from London. Uh, what a great email. And uh, isn't it so true? Uh, and it's kind of sad, really, that, you know, we, we don't learn our lessons. We've been through all of this before. You know, this, this delusion, we've been through it with cigarettes. You know, I remember in the 70s and the 80s, you could buy candy cigarettes. You could buy a packet of 20 cigarettes. They were made out of sugar, wrapped in paper, so they looked exactly like normal cigarettes. And you could buy them, and they, they were made to look like Camel and Marlboro and you know, maybe a slight change in the name. And I used to buy them. Why? Because I spent a lot of time with my grandparents when I was a kid. And my granddad, actually both my grandparents were chain smokers. So I would sit on my granddad's knee watching TV and he would smoke. I can't tell you the amount of times I got burnt by a stray cigarette end, but it wasn't a big deal. It was just, you know, it was the cool thing that granddad did. Nobody worried about passive smoking or anything back then. So I would sit on my granddad's knee, he would smoke, and occasionally he would give me some money, send me off to the shop, and I would buy myself some candy cigarettes. So I could sit with my granddad and be exactly like him. Now, back in the 80s, if you'd criticized, if you'd gone into that shop and said, how dare you sell sweet cigarettes? They wouldn't have taken your complaint seriously. They would have thought you were a weirdo. They would have called you a killjoy. They would tell you, don't be so bloody stupid. It's, you know, they're not real. It's just pretend. What's wrong with you? Can't you have a any sense of fun? Don't you have a sense of humor? What's wrong with people like you? They would have completely lambasted you for your position on it. But imagine if a company brought out a range of candy cigarettes today. You know, I always say change the drug. If you want to know what you're thinking is real or not, change the drug. Imagine if a company brought out a range of candy cigarettes. Imagine if Mars brought these new cig fake cigarettes out for kids so they can pretend to be like the grown-ups. There would be outrage, wouldn't there? Social media would be full of people ranting and raving and being offended. I mean, they pretty much are all the time on social media, but even more so. The stock price of Mars would go through the floor. The company would have to issue an apology. There would have to be an instant recall. There would be drama and all. You see? I mean, take it one step further. Imagine if a, a confectionery company, a sweet company, brought out a candy heroin set. It came with an injection needle made out of sugar and a little vial. I mean, it's unthinkable, isn't it? Because, why? Because we don't want to encourage our children to go anywhere near cigarette smoking. We don't want to tell them that it's normal and it's natural and you can buy them in the corner shop. We don't want to tell them that heroin's out there and you know this is how you use it and this is what you do. We don't want this for them. So what it's saying is we're not currently there with alcohol. Even as though it kills three million people every year, even as though it destroys family, ruins careers, destroys financial situations, causes all sorts of problems. We still want it for our children. How is this possible? A 
Are all drinkers bad parents? Of course not. Are, do all drinkers want bad things to happen to their children? That's ridiculous. So why do they do it? And the answer is as simple as this. Because subconsciously, they believe alcohol is a benefit to them. And therefore, because they believe it, they don't just think it, they believe it. If it's a benefit to them, it will one day be a benefit to their children. That's as simple as that. They don't encourage their children to start taking heroin because they don't believe that adding heroin into their own lives would be a benefit. And they're right, by the way. But the twisted thinking, the twisted programming of most problem drinkers is that alcohol is a benefit. And they, they will tell you what the benefits are. Helps me relax. Helps me have a good time. Helps me with my social anxiety. Helps me get to sleep. Gives me confidence. All this bullshit they come out with. And not one of those benefits is true. Not a single one. There are no benefits to using alcohol. And in 14 years of doing this, nobody has ever come up with one where I've said, yeah, you've got me there. So, um, you know, this is not something new, Z. You know, back at the peak of my drinking, uh, we used to holiday in Cyprus. And we go to, used to go to this bar. And we knew the owner. He treated us like family. He was called Andreas. He's still there now. And he would come and, oh, Mr. Beck, you are back. And he'd, you know, he'd hug us and we'd give us drinks. And we had our young children with us. And he would always bring them a special cocktail. And he, was, he always had this joke with our kids. He would turn to them and say, he would take our drink order and he'd turn to the kids and say, what do you want, vodka, whiskey? You want some gin? I bring you a special cocktail. And the kids were delighted at this because they could be like mom and dad. They could sit with their special cocktail. I mean, it was just fruit juice. But there was this, you know, theater. And I wasn't offended by it at the time. I thought it was funny. So, you know, this is not about character. This is not about personality. This is not to say that all those people on Instagram, Z, are bad people because they're endorsing this and they're criticizing people who criticize it. It's just evidence that they are still inside the bubble of unreality. And you have stepped outside it. You're on the outside. You're no longer on the stage reading the lines and performing the play. You are now sitting in the audience looking at this going, well, this couldn't happen. This isn't real. This is ridiculous. This doesn't make any sense. This is not logical. You are sitting there with your eyes open, aware that what you're seeing isn't real. It's a performance. It's being performed. It's an imagination. Problem drinkers, those people commenting on Instagram, are in the play. And they're method actors. They think the play is reality. And it's not. Excuse me. Um, so look, yeah, I can understand why you're outraged and you're angry about it. Um, I try not to stress about it too much because you should see it as a good thing. You know, you should see it as you finally see the truth. You should feel relieved, Z, that you are no longer in a make-believe matrix. I mean, some people suggest that we're all in a, we're all in a simulation, but let's not go down that rabbit hole. But you're no longer in that make-believe nonsense that is alcohol, that bubble of unreality that the rest of the world lives in. Feel relieved and enjoy the fact 
that you actually see black for black and white for white. You see the reality for what it is. The other people do not. It is not a reflection of how they are as a person. It doesn't mean they're all terrible people. It just means they are still trapped inside the matrix. But look, I'll, I'll finish on this shocking statement. If, if you drink alcohol to problematic levels, you are a bad parent, you are a bad friend, you're a bad employee, you're a bad person. Now, of course, look, I'm just trying to be dramatic. I don't mean you're evil. I don't mean that you're not a very good person. What I'm saying here, I'm using bad as a, a comparison between uh, not you and other people. I'm comparing you as a problem drinker to you as a sober person. And the harsh reality is this. If you are a parent and you are a problem drinker, you will frequently make the wrong decision. You will frequently make a decision that enables the evil clown alcohol and acts against your children. And I know this because I've done it myself. I have manipulated, um, uh, I can't think of another word to use, but I, I have manipulated my children to do what I want to do because I know that I can drink there. You know, I did this many times. If my kids wanted to go to place A uh, and I knew that you couldn't drink there, I would somehow get them to go to place B. We would have a compromise. But there's no way I'm going to place A. Now, does that make me a bad parent? Well, it makes me not as good a parent as I could have been. If I had not been controlled by that evil drug, I would have listened to what my kids really wanted to do that weekend, and I would have done it with them. We would have had a great time. We would have created amazing memories. But instead, because I was being swayed by the evil clown, we did option B, and they might still have had a good time, but my intentions, my motivations for doing that were not honorable. It was not in the best interest of my children. I did it because I could drink there. That's the reality. You know, when you have alcohol in your life, it's the same as having an affair. Because sometimes you will do what the evil clown wants, even when it's the opposite of what your husband or your wife wants. You will facilitate your drinking before their happiness. And I'm, you know, I'm dramatic when I say that makes you a bad partner. It just means that you're not the person you're capable of being. And that, my friends, is a crime. That is what alcohol is stealing from you every day until you fix this problem. So if you're worried about your drinking, go to the website, stopdrinkingexpert.com, sign up for today's free quit drinking webinar, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you, Z.